This is Cami. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 64. Hey, Madeline, I'm a little overwhelmed with creating content. What? Sorry, I was a little distracted over here. Hey, squirrel. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. So creating content is kind of tough sometimes, especially after you've been doing it for a long time or if you haven't gotten started yet. And there's a lot of reasons that you might have why you can't get your content created. And by the way, I've had all of those reasons, haven't you? Oh, sure. Absolutely. From time to time, it's just, uh, you know, you get into a block and you got to find ways to get out of it. That's right. And so one of my biggest blocks, I would have to say, is the idea that I don't have time to do it. And I'm pretty busy. I'm running a a business. I'm running two businesses, actually. I have three kids. I have crazy stuff going on all the time. And I think, I don't have time for this. But I have some strategies to overcome that. And here's a few that we came up with, actually, when we were talking through it. The first one that we actually went through in really deep detail in episode 18 is called creating relevant content. And what we did in that episode is we actually outlined ways for you to put together content for up to like six to eight months in two or three hours. We do it all the time, right, Madeline? Oh, yeah. Like the first time we did it, we literally sat down at a restaurant and mapped the whole thing out like in just two hours. Like we had so much content we came up with and it was amazing. Like what a neat way to prioritize and put it together. That is a great way to not deal with block down the road is when you really plan it out. Yeah. And I think that you were actually kind of shocked when we did it too. You didn't think we were going to get that much content, did you? No, because I never done anything like this. Your system was amazing to me, like that we could sit down for a few hours, kind of brainstorm it through, map a plan. You're very visual. So you wrote it all out. You had these big pieces of paper and these big markers and, you know, making this plan like really right before our eyes. It was really cool. Yeah. So we recommend that you definitely go listen to episode 18 so you can spin out content. So planning ahead would be number one under having time, because really it is a great way to get it done quickly. So you're not constantly scratching your head like, what are we going to do this week? Well, we just open up our content, our content plan and we look at it. We say, okay, this is what we want to do. It makes it really easy. Also using content that you've already written, already done videos and other kinds of things like that, that you've already created can be repurposed. And so we did another episode on that episode 24 on how to reuse, recycle and repurpose your content if you want to go in depth on that. But there's nothing like not doing the work, you know, doing the work once, excuse me, and then using it over and over again, right? 
Absolutely. Because you know what? We're all content creators. We're putting content out, but it's hard to believe that so many people will put something out one time and never go back to it and reuse it. And we're both fans of reusing, recycling, repurposing, because one piece of content can live on if it's evergreen, if it's something that's not going to expire, you know, something like, hey, we have a webinar tomorrow. Well, that's going to expire. We're not going to reuse that. We could reuse the information though, because that could be seen as evergreen. Uh, one of the things I like to do, Cami, is take a Facebook live, like, like, let's say, you know, my Twitter smarter after chat as an example. So we do our Twitter chat, we move over to the Facebook live stream, I interview my guest. Okay, so you could kind of look at that as a once and done. I've done that, done. I can repurpose, I can download that video interview and go take that entire video and post it on my YouTube. I can take the video and cut up pieces and maybe take the best of, and I could share it as Instagram stories, which I then can save as highlights so it lives on past 24 hours. I could do it as IGTV. I can post it as tweets. I can put it into Facebook. So much I can do with that from one piece of content. I can turn it into a bunch. There was a really great Facebook Live. I'm trying to remember. Shalene Johnson. It was about a year ago. She did a Facebook Live. It was a webinar that I signed up for, and it was basically a Facebook Live. And she shared how she could take this Facebook Live she's doing with us, share all this great content, and then turn around and have a year's worth of content out yeah, of it. Yeah, that, that was a really great one. And we actually talked about that in episode 24. So definitely click over there and like listen to that episode. If you're like, I have some content sitting here that I did, you know, a while back, we definitely want you to use that again. That's going to save you a ton of time. Another way you can really get content out there quickly is video. Live streams are also a really good way to get out content really quickly. I was listening to a podcast the other day I'm Dr. Shannon Irvine, and she had Emily Hirsch on her show. And I'll put the link to this in the show notes because Emily really outlined how to use Facebook ads around live streaming. So I would say that this is a really good way to build an audience as well, you know, doing live streams and then taking the people who watched your live streams and serving ads to them and building a lookalike audience around that. So it's a great way to also build a tribe. So I love this idea of a video for a lot of reasons. But this idea of putting it with Facebook advertising was really, really cool because you can also make the most of your time by building your tribe while you're putting that out there. Because I think a lot of people think, I don't want to do these Facebook live streams because nobody watches them. It's a waste of my time. But she had a really good strategy for building that up. So I will share that with you on the show notes. Make sure you grab that because it really was quite valuable. I love that. And, And video also is great. You know, when you don't have a lot of time. And if it takes you hours or even days to write a blog post, but you could do a live stream in 30 minutes, right? So yeah. that can be a big time saver. I was just listening to Pat Flynn talk about that recently on a podcast where he said that he likes doing video and he likes doing podcasting because it's a lot more faster than writing down like a blog post. Yeah, totally. And that brings me to another a little tip that I can say is called speak it. And why I call it speak it is because you can take out anything like a, a audio recorder or anything and just talk about what you want to talk about. We did this to get executives to do blog posts, by the way. You know, we'd sit down in front of them, we'd set out a little audio recording and we'd record what they had to say. And then we would have that transcribed 
like with rev.com or something like that, and then turn them into blog posts. So that's a really great way to get out, especially text. Um, You can also write a book that way. I actually worked on writing a book in a weekend one time using this method where you sat down and just spoke out the different chapters and the things you had. There was a lot of editing to do on the other side, but it really did get it out there. So some people are really great at creating content. And some people like, I actually prefer to edit content. Like if you give me content, I'll like turn it into something. So if you're more of an editor type, this is a great way to do that. Also podcasting, of course. We're doing podcasting here. Of course. Podcasting is so fun. (laughs) It is Um, fun. It is fun. And it's so easy because, Kami, we just get on here, we talk, we know what we're going to talk about, mm -hmm. but it's so much easier than, say, a long-form blog post. Yes, it is. Because, you know, you don't have to sit down and get started. Um, And especially since we plan ahead and, you know, have this very specific thing. And then we sit down, by the way, and every couple of weeks we plan out the episodes and flush it out into an outline so that we are on task for you guys. We don't want to just, you know, get in here and just start talking extemporaneously about whatever. Um, So we have like a lot here. By the way, there's a lot in this episode. And also finally getting a partner. I would say that's been one of the best things that I've had is like working with Madeline, for example, to create content. I can do a lot of this stuff on my own. It's true. But there's something about sitting down with a partner to like figure it out. Like it really gives you somebody to like bounce the ideas off of. And so if you can find somebody to partner up with in your office or, you know, another friend, maybe another person that's also wanting to create content, you could like do this process with each other. I would just really highly recommend it. I love that. And yeah, working together with you, Kami, has been so great. It is a lot easier to produce content when you have someone else to talk to about it, to bounce off ideas. I think we make a great team and our listeners seem to like us. So I think we're we're doing a great job with it. It's working. Uh, yeah. So now let's switch gears. Let's talk about like how we get too distracted and that can can play into all of this. You want to create, do some creation in blocks of time, uh, like short bursts. I've heard great uses of this. There's there's one method called the Pomodoro method, Mm -hmm. so that you basically take a block of time, like say 25 minutes, and you use that to do your creation. And then you take a break for five minutes or 10 minutes. So it's short bursts, and that helps you from getting too distracted. It can really help you if if you're trying to overcome the content block. So something to think about, there are lots of mobile apps out there. Just look yeah. up Pomodoro and we'll put that in the show notes. So it's kind of make it a little easier for you to help you if you want to do some searches for different apps. I've tried different apps. I don't have one I specifically use at the moment, but I know there are plenty of them. Well, um, and I'm going to tell you, I don't phones. even use an app. I just actually open up my browser and I turn on the timer. I just say timer and the internet serves me up a timer and I just click on it. I mean, it doesn't have to be expensive or anything fancy. I'm trying to focus for 20 minutes. I will give myself a timer though, because it does help me a lot. Absolutely. And that's what these apps are. They're just timers. They're just like, you know, the Pomodoro timer. Also blocking your social media. So, you know, turn the notifications off because that can really help. It is so easy to get distracted. Our social media, our emails, you know, we're living in a time now where there is so much of it. We all spend our time on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and notifications will start bogging things down. And before you know it, you're not getting your work done because you spent hours and hours on it. So So what I recommend doing 
is turning the notifications off. That's mm-hmm. what I do. I'm yeah. in Twitter enough and Facebook and Instagram that I don't feel like I need constant notifications. Once I log in, I will see the notifications in there. So I actually, on my phone, they're all turned off and on my computer as well. They are for me too. They are for me too. I recommend that. I think it is so much easier to focus on your work and not be so distracted with social media. So it's something to think about. There's also apps out there that can help you with this. Now, here's a really interesting tool that I use. It's called Rescue Time and it's rescuetime.com. It's a time management software on your, I think it's just for desktop. I'm not sure if it's on mobile. I use it on my desktop, but it's, it's software that helps you stay productive. And what it does is shows you how much time you spend on your computer. So every week I get an email and it, it and of course I can go in at any time and pull reports, but what it shows mm-hmm. me each week is how much time I spent on various things within the computer. So for instance, it'll show me how much time I spent in Facebook and in all my different social media, how much time I spent in WordPress or maybe in PowerPoint. It's mm-hmm. always interesting. I know when I'm, I'm busy working on presentations because it'll show PowerPoint as my maybe second most popular thing I did for the week as far as the amount of time I spent on it. It's really interesting. It's a great way to see how you're spending your time. They also share with you ways that you can improve and, and, you know, get your daily habits in check. So I definitely recommend it. Have you tried it, Cammie? I have, but I don't use it. I use something called quality time, but that's for Android phones and Android pads and things. And I actually use this for my kids too, because this is our way of knowing how much time they're spending on different apps and whatnot. Um, so quality time is another one that's really good, but I've heard of rescue time and I know it works. It is good to like, you get what you measure. You know what I mean? If you measure yeah. what you're doing, you kind of get what you measure. And if you kind of don't, it's like if you open up a big bag of potato chips and you start eating them, um, you might eat the whole bag. It's easy to do. Whereas if you take a little portion and you put it in a bowl, you'll eat that a portion and no more. And that's really what this is about is putting your time into buckets so that you don't waste it. I love that. That sounds really cool. I'm going to check that out. Mm-hmm. Now, another one is using white noise while you work. Yes, and I, I know a lot of people that do that and have, have said they've had great success. I use a service that's called Focus at Will, and it's just focusatwill.com. And we'll have links to all of these in the show notes, all these different tools we're talking about. So what Focus at Will is, there's a desktop version and a mobile version. When I'm working all day long, I have the desktop version and it will play music, but there's different types of music in there. And what they say is that there's all this psychology behind it. I'm sure, Cammie, you probably know more about this than I do, but there's all this psychology, like they have scientists that have like discovered that depending, they're saying, this is what their website says, depending on your personality type, there's a specific type of music that when engineered just right, puts your brain into a flow state, making mm-hmm. you hyper-focused and exponentially more productive. And I have to say, Cammie, I really believe in this. I have been using this for years and I do mm-hmm. pay for it. There's a free version and a paid version. I pay for it. I love it. I can't imagine not having it. So there are different types of station. I listen to one that's called Alpha Chill and it's just this nice laid back music, no vocals, no words, no, 
because that's what can be distracting. You know, you're listening yes, to a song and you start singing along, you're super <laughs> distracted, right? Yeah. This is just music, but you can really tell it is music that's getting you into a flow state. I love that. So I highly recommend checking this out. So that is focus at will. What do you use, Cammie? Do you have something you use? Yeah, I use Noisily. It is also online and also an app. And I like it because there isn't any music, actually. It actually kind of puts together different sounds like wind, rain, like a coffee shop sound of people talking, like sort of murmuring. And they they also let you choose, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to be energized? Do you want to be focused? And they kind of put the mix together for you based on what you want to do. So I love that. I don't know. I just need noise when I'm working. I can't. The silence is sort of deafening. So I need it. But some people like complete silence. That's fine. But for us, you know, this is something that we like to do. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I can't just have silence. So you got to find what works for you. And for some people, it might be your TV playing in the background. And that's your version of white noise. But I think if you find what works for you for white noise, it can help you be more productive. Yeah, I agree with that. Another thing that people say whenever they say they can't create content is that they're just not sure what to say. I know that is something that is really tough sometimes. Like, what should I talk about? Like, haven't I talked about this before? Is this not boring people to death? And really what I want to say is that you need to find your passion. And you really have to know what you're passionate about because your passion comes across when you're talking about something or when you're writing about something. And people feel or hear that passion in your voice. And if they don't hear it, they get bored. So, you know, if you talk like this, like a robot and so on, because, oh my gosh, I'm talking about the same thing again, people get bored too. I mean, so one of the things, one of the tricks that I have had and has worked really well for me is something called future self. And what that means is that you're going to sit down with a piece of paper and write down what you would say to yourself if you could meet yourself in the future and tell yourself about all the accomplishments you made between now and that time. So what's great about that is that you start to visualize your accomplishments and what you've done and what you want to accomplish. So, you know, if you look at it from like what five or 10 years down the line, you're going to see things a lot differently than you see them today. Like, what is it that you want to accomplish? What are the goals that you have? I personally would love to see hundreds and maybe even thousands of women entrepreneurs that are motivated by something that I've done. I'd like to see communities that have sprouted up all over the internet that are supporting each other and that they're excelling in what they do. I mean, what is it that you see? What would you say to yourself? Like, this is successful. So I really like that visualization kind of thing. I find that that's really helpful to me. Yeah, same here. I, and I totally agree with you. When, when you know what you're passionate about and you talk about it, people connect with it. You know, when I was in the music business, I was very passionate about talking about how can I help female musicians do better in the music business? How can they really, you know, drive their business through music and, and treat it as a business? And I would just get so animated and excited to talk about it. And people love being around the energy from that. And mm -hmm. now that my focus is on social media, especially Twitter, that's what people know me for now. I love talking about Twitter. I'm very passionate talking about Twitter. I think some people are like, I could never be passionate talking about Twitter. You know, you just got to, you know, we're all different. Find, find what you're passionate about. But you get me started about talking about Twitter. I just light up and I love talking about it. And it 
helps me help others. And that's what I want to do. Right. And what you just said is so important. What is the thing that when you talk about it, you start lighting up and people are like, kind of lean in a little bit and listen to you a little bit more. And it may not even be your job right now or the thing that you're doing right now. It may not even be, be the thing that you think it should be. Maybe it's something else that lights you up. So, you know, if you talk to somebody else and say, hey, what is it that maybe a friend and say, hey, what is it that I talk about and I get excited about when I'm talking about it? They may be able to give you some feedback around that. I think that's really important. Just having that light inside of you about whatever it is you're going to talk about. I know that when we started this podcast, a lot of people asked me, oh, do you think that you're going to be able to talk about that topic like, you know, forever, like every week? And I'm like, I think I could talk about this topic forever because I love the idea of community building and all the different parts of it and the psychology of it and the measurement of it and the technical parts of it. I mean, there's so many things we could do. There's, It's like, you know, uh, roots that are growing under the ground. You know, how can you create this community? So I, I yeah, you have to have something like that. It sort of lights you up. Oh, also, you want to niche down. Yeah. And so and then the other thing is, is that if you're finding it's just too broad, you might want to think about niching down. And I know some people say, you know, just talk about very specific things. And um, the reason that is, is because you will grow an audience faster with a very specific topic than if you talk about like social media as a whole. And you may get distracted and kind of wandering everywhere if you're having this very broad subject. Whereas if you're really niched down on a specific topic, then you're going to grow an audience of people that are also interested in that topic. And then later on, you can always branch out. You can always branch out. People do it all the time. But getting started and having that nexus of of an audience that's following you for a specific thing, it might really help you also to get focused in. Luke Bronner, who does a bunch of podcasts here in Houston, he actually talked about this. He really talked about restraints and how restraints often spur creativity. So I really agreed with him on that, that restraints actually are more helpful. In fact, grocery stores right now are starting to remove products because they found that if they have, le- if you have less choices, you actually buy more. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So anyway, his H pod, it's called the H podcast that he does here in Houston, where he interviews people that are just around here, kind of like, you know, an interview podcast, but he has several podcasts and there was one that was very broad that he had. And he said that his more specific podcasts get better, bigger listenership than the ones that are broad. That's so interesting. I love Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And now let's talk about getting burned out. That's also a big part of this. You know, what we got to sometimes do is just change our focus. You know, changing our focus, changing our environment. You know, sometimes we need to just take a break and go outside and get a breath of fresh air. And it's amazing what that does to our brain. And just to get away from things, you know, what helps me a lot, you know, if I'm having a bad day or things aren't just going the way I want is just taking a break and go talking to friends or talking to colleagues and just getting out of that space in my head Mm -hmm. and just getting into another place. And many times that can really help and get you re-energized, refocused so that you can get yourself back on track. Sometimes we need to just take time off. We need to take a vacation, you know, maybe a small one, maybe for just, maybe just take the day off to do a staycation, right? Take a day off and just recharge ourselves. And sometimes we need to go on a big vacation and get away for a week or two. You know, one time I took a vacation for, I think it was like 12 days. It was a cruise out in the, um, in Europe, you know, like Italy and Greece. It was like this amazing 
but I was like so afraid to be away from my phone and away from the internet. And, you know, it was so hard for me to do it, but I did it. And I was so proud of myself. And sometimes we need that. We need to just get away from it all. But most times what I'll do, Cami, is just go take a walk. You know, taking a walk can do so much for you because we can't always take a day off or, or go on vacation. So something as simple as just getting outside, taking a walk can do wonders. What about you? Yeah, no, I and I'm trying to remember who said it, but they were talking about the different break styles that every day you should take an hour break and every hour you should take a five minute break and every, you know, quarter you should take a day long break and every, you know, year you should take, you know, a week break at least. So I do think these breaks are really important. And like by planning them out and kind of having them in your head, what you need to do, you're going to give yourself some mental space. I think also just turning things off, taking a shower without the radio or any kind of sound on letting your brain work because your brain will come up with all kinds of amazing things if you just give it a break. I love that. That's such a great idea. So the other thing that we talked about being a real block creating content is this idea that you have to do everything perfect or not do it at all. I took this one because, oh, this is my problem. (laughs) (laughs) This is my problem. Ever since I was a little girl, I remember my mom you know, we'd be cleaning the house on a weekend, you know, like you do. And your mom says, go, go mop the kitchen floor. And it would take me half of a day to mop the kitchen floor because not only could I just go mop the floor, I had to get down and scrub it with like a little toothbrush. Not, not because she told me to, because I wanted it perfect. Like I wanted to make sure every crack was cleaned. This became a real problem for me, obviously, over time, because sometimes if I felt like I couldn't have the time to clean it the way I wanted to or do what I wanted to. I wouldn't start. I'd never even start. And so kind of knowing this about myself over time, I've really had to start to think about things as just getting them out there. Um, Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach podcast was on Amy Porterfield's Marketing Made Easy podcast. We loved this episode, didn't we? It was Um, awesome. I've listened to it several times since because it's so good. Yeah, it's really good for the mindset. The title was Why Aren't You Taking Action? And she has this concept of doing something called B minus work, which just makes me shudder, just so you know, (laughs) I can't stand it. But the idea that sometimes you just have to get stuff out there and then make the corrections as you go along and have the feedback from your audience and from the world come back to you like, oh, you've misspelled that. Or today, for example, oh, you put up that webinar and it says Thursday, but it actually is Tuesday. Oh, yes, maybe I should change that. So um, just being willing to get it out there, because if you don't get it out there, nothing ever is going to happen. So it might be out there imperfectly, but it's out there and then you can refine it over time. It's like a diamond in the rough, Um, however you want to think of it. But the idea is that, you know, do not let your perfectionism stand in your way of getting stuff done. Perfect is the enemy of done, whatever you want to say to get yourself through it. But if you're a recovering perfectionist like I am, um, yeah, and you know, I just shudder when people like point out my imperfections to me. Um, So it's hard for me, but I do feel like that I'm a much more productive person because I'm making a conscious effort to overcome this all the time. I can so relate to that because I'm such a perfectionist as well. And an example I can share is right now I have this brand new website, thanks to Todd Giantasio, who's one of our sponsors here on the podcast. He's with the Growth Suite. Highly recommend him. He's helped me build this brand new website. And Kimmy, I've been working on it, working on it. Now, the perfectionist in me does not want to launch it until it's perfect, until it's A plus work. 
And right now is B minus, but I went ahead and launched it because B minus is okay. And I think we have to remind ourselves if we are perfectionists, that it's okay that we can submit B minus work and still work on it to bring it up to the A plus we want it to be. So I'm very proud of myself that I launched it. It's out there live now. Y'all can all go see it at MadelineSklar.com. By the time you go look at it, it'll probably be at an A plus. But is but yeah, you're making such a great point there. And that was such a great podcast episode. You know, we got to just do it. My favorite yeah. motto. Yeah, it is yours. And and you know, for me, it, it is a problem. So <laughs> as uh, Madeline knows, and she's, she's uh, coached me out of this problem many times, but uh, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. And we're going to talk about also doubting your expertise. And we all do this. We all from time to time, suffer from imposter syndrome. And we talked about that in episode 58. So go check that episode if you haven't heard it, because we go into greater detail with that. But do know that we all go through this and is something that we don't want to let interfere with us creating content. We don't want to let that block us from creating the great content that we all have in us that we need to get out and share with the world. And also worrying about what other people think. We don't want to do that. It is so easy to get wrapped up in that. You know, when I'm working on things, Cami, I will be head down, hyper-focused, not paying attention to what everybody else is doing because I want to work on my thing and I don't want to worry about what other people are saying or even what everybody else is doing. I like to, you know, zig while everybody else is zagging, you know, and so I think, you know, when when you get yourself out of this place of worrying so much about what other people think, you can accomplish great things. Yeah. And I would have to say that this is a problem that, I mean, I've had definitely, I'm certainly from my peers. I'm worried about my peers looking at me and saying, oh, whatever, you've, you're a sellout or I don't know, whatever. So I'm, I do worry about this and I'm getting much more immune to it or immune to it over time, you know, where I just don't really feel like it matters anymore. If you don't like it, you can just not like it. That's how I feel about it at this point. You know, it's like I am, I I want to be liked for sure. I want to be somebody who people turn to and, and kind of see that. But I think that mostly what I want is just to say that I'm marching to my own drum. You know, I'm doing what I need to do in this world and I'm living into my purpose every day. And if that doesn't really mesh with you, then maybe I do need to repel you. So there's this whole concept of attracting people that are meant to be attracted to you and repelling people that aren't. And I do like that. I, I do like that I have people as well that are naysayers. I, I don't mind having the different pieces because I do think that it is a little nerve wracking just to get in your own little, in your own little pod and then not, not see what else, else is going on in the world to talk to people that don't agree with you. All of those things I still completely agree with, but you can't let that be your self-worth. Do you know what I'm trying to say about that? Oh, absolutely. I think that that's super smart. And I think that's a great takeaway from this episode. So we're ready to share our call to action for this episode. Yay. Yay. Um, What is one thing you think is holding you back from creating content? We want you to share that with us in the group. And how you might use one of these strategies we've been talking about. How could you use one of these to overcome it? So yeah, that's what what we want you to come share with us. And that's in our Facebook group, which we are rocking and rolling in. Things are going great in there. There's a lot of really great conversations going on. Shout out to Kyle. He's been kind of driving some conversations this week. We love that. 
Um, It's not just us talking in there. We want other people to talk about what they want to talk about and just bring up new ideas. And so Kyle's been doing some great work along that line. He even put a video in. Go, Kyle. Awesome. Love that. Thanks, Kyle. We appreciate you so much. Yep. So we will be seeing you next week yet again for another episode of Communities That Convert. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode. And we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar. That's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R. And also to Cammie. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Hey, Madeline, don't forget, we want to give a shout out to our friend Todd Giantasio from The Growth Suite, who sponsors the Communities That Convert website. Yeah, if you want to learn how to position yourself as an authority and get found online, check them out at thegrowthsuite.com. And that's suite spelled S-U-I-T-E. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.